Okay. Hello, hello. Oh. You're loud. Okay. <laughs> you loud person. You have to be careful about how you breathe. What do you mean? Like... <laughs> Welcome to Wellness Realness with Christina Rice. I'm your host, Christina. I'm a nutritional therapy practitioner, holistic health coach, Reiki practitioner, and the creator of ChristinaRiceWellness.com, where you can find my blog, recipes, services, programs, and ebooks. In this podcast, I'll be discussing all things related to health and wellness, and I promise to always keep it very real. Remember my disclaimer, the information in this podcast is general health and nutrition advice and is not a replacement for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. If you'd like to submit a question or a topic for me to discuss, submit it on the podcast page at ChristinaRiceWellness.com. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a rating and a review on iTunes, and join our Facebook group, Wellness Wellness Podcast Tribe. I don't know if you guys are ready for today's episode. I have a two-part, a two-part series coming at you this week. It's it's gonna be a fun time. Buckle your seatbelts. Things are about to get wild because this week I have my friend Jesse Coleman on the podcast. Jesse and I met through the NTA. She's also an NTP. She is also a beauty counter consultant, a doTERRA wellness advocate, a health and wellness educator, an entrepreneur, and the realest damn girl you'll ever meet in her life. She is the funniest human. She, We get into so many shenanigans together. She's like my friend who's kind of a bad influence on me, but also a good influence. She is so much fun. You guys are in for a real treat because we basically recorded a really long episode that I just decided to split into two episodes because it was just aggressively long and that's saying something coming for me, I know. So you get two episodes of Jesse Coleman and trust me when I tell you, you want two episodes. Jesse and I like to do a lot of things together, including laughing so hard we cry, going to Kippy's and getting ice cream, going to Erewhon. She always tricks me into getting the activated ice cream with her or we get chocochinos and we always stay out way too late together which is what happened the night we recorded this <laughs> i think we recorded this episode at 11:30 p.m. it's fine and talking about all of our spiritual things she's actually one of my reiki clients so i've done reiki on her in person and since she lives in Los Angeles and I live in San Diego now, she's one of my distance clients. I'm sure she would love to tell you all about that. And remember, if you're interested in distance Reiki or in-person Reiki, if you're in San Diego, I'm working in my office now. I'm really excited about it and I've been booking people and I'm doing a promo through March and April if you are in San Diego and want to try the session. So let me know, but you can always book a service through my website, christinaricewellness.com slash services. My other services are on there as well if you want to work with me, but in terms of Reiki, that's where to go. I am very much, this is where my business is turning to, and I know Jesse has experienced the magic of a Reiki intuitive session with me, and I'm excited to do that with more of you guys, so I just wanted to throw that out there. 
Other things Jesse and I like to do, well, we like to bond over some of our favorite products, food products, personal care products. We're very into beauty counter, doTERRA, chilling out. And one of the products we love is Ned's Full Spectrum Hemp Oil. We are very into the CBD life. Plant medicine is where it's at. And you guys know how much I love Ned's Full Spectrum Hemp Oil. I use it every single day, every evening, sometimes in the morning too, if it's a crazy day. If you guys haven't already listened to my podcast episode with Rhett Taylor and Adrian Zimmerman, the founders of Ned, you should definitely listen to that one. Great episode. And I'm actually a little bit distracted as I record this because Rhett called me like two hours ago and it popped up on my computer and that little box that says accept or decline, you know, when you get a, a phone call and it comes in through a computer, it never went away. So Rhett's name is just stuck in the top right of my corner. So Rhett, if you're listening, you are forever imprinted on my computer. I don't know why it's not going away, but it's fine. Rhett is the kindest person. I love him so much. Just a side note. Yes, we're besties and talk on the phone. But back to Ned and why I love Ned's Full Spectrum Hemp Oil. So many reasons. If you guys aren't familiar with the benefits of a full spectrum hemp oil, here are some things it can do. It can help with insomnia or just act as a sleep aid in general if you have trouble falling asleep, staying asleep, getting asleep. It can act as an anti-inflammatory, great if you struggle with a lot of inflammation, a natural pain reliever. It can be used to help treat anxiety, depression, and PTSD. It's also a rich source of antioxidants, and it's been used to help with a number of serious conditions like epilepsy, Parkinson's, Alzheimer's. Honestly, whenever someone comes to me with a health issue that's rooted in any type of inflammation or with stress as a root cause, which um, I think we know that stress is the root cause of basically every chronic illness, I'm gonna recommend they hop on the Ned train. There are a lot of CBD products out on the market. Why do I pick Ned? Well, you guys know how picky I am when it comes to ingredients and they have by far the highest quality out there and you can definitely feel the difference because it is actually effective. It makes you feel amazing. You'll feel really calm and relaxed and you can also taste the difference. It actually tastes good. It doesn't taste gross and it's not, the flavor isn't masked by other flavorings like other companies use. All Ned products are made from organic, whole, natural ingredients. They're all small batch and slow crafted and they source their products from local farms and communities. Their farmer, Kurt, has been experimenting with hemp plants for over a decade, and he's dialed in the exact strains that maximize cannabinoid density and the overall plant integrity. They also only extract from hemp flowers, also known as the buds, whereas other products will usually extract from the stalks and the seeds of the hemp plant, which lack all of those wonderful aromatic features of the flower. And they also use a very gentle and slow ethanol-based extraction method, which is done at room temperature. So no high heat, no high pressure, because that can compromise the profile of the hemp flower and its cannabinoid content. A lot of companies also use CBD isolates, and an isolate is a lab-isolated CBD compound that's in a white powdered form, and it's stripped of all of the other phytocannabinoids that help to complement the cannabidiol, but without these other cannabinoids, there's no, quote, entourage effect, and that's thought to be behind the true healing powers of hemp. You want the full spectrum. That's why Ned's full spectrum hemp oil is so great, because it also contains 
other active cannabinoids in addition to the cannabidiol. So compounds like CBG, CBC, CBDA, CBGA, and more. Ned never uses isolates or synthetic ingredients. And the only ingredients in Ned's hemp products, it's just non-GMO MCT oil, CBD, and the range of other phytocannabinoids. There's nothing else. So look on other CBD brands, look on their bottles, and you'll see in the ingredients they often have flavors or inflammatory oils or some other weird stuff that they like to throw in there. Remember that Ned products don't get you high. Full-spectrum hemp is a major non-psychotropic. It won't get you high but it will give you that nice, calm, relaxed feeling and it will help to stimulate your endocannabinoid system, which a lot of us don't get that stimulated and this is really important for maintaining homeostasis in the body. I recommend starting off with the 300 milligram and then you can upgrade to the 750 milligram and then maybe the 1500 milligram. Work your way up. I just do a dropper's worth under my tongue, hold it under there for a few seconds and then swallow. You can also use it to top off your food. I like to put it on top of salads or on top of veggies. It tastes great, honestly. They also have really great hemp infused lip balms. I love all of the flavors and a really nice hemp infused body butter, which is is great for any sore muscles or joints. So if you're interested in trying Ned, you can head to helloned.com and use my discount code wellness for 15% off. So again, that's helloned.com and my discount code wellness, W-E-L-L-N-E-S-S, will get you 15% off. Honestly, ideal evening is kicking back on the couch, using some Ned, chilling out, and listening to this podcast because it's just like listening to some of your friends chat. I'm really excited for you guys to hear this episode with Jessie. She is one of my dearest friends. You'll get to hear the story of how we met on this episode, and I'm sure you'll fall in love with her quickly the same way I did. Don't worry, you'll get part two soon, but she is so hilarious, but also one of the most intelligent humans I've ever met. She has an emotional intelligence that honestly surpasses 99.99% of people I've ever come across. And she's incredibly self-aware and passionate and motivated. And you will pick up on her energy because it inspires me every day. She definitely has a way with words that can make you laugh and cry within the span of 10 seconds. So I'm really excited for you guys to listen to this conversation. And without further ado, here is Jesse Coleman. I just listen to yourself breathing. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> Do you? <laughs> I was just thinking about that today, how some people just breathe so loudly. I hate that. My brother, he like we always make fun of him because he forgets to breathe. So he'll be like sitting on the couch. If the three of us are sitting on the couch, and then I die. And he's like, he'll be like this. <laughs> I think there's a name for that. Like his breathe. I think it's an actual medical issue. My Perry and I always make fun of DB for it, but like, this is like really hot. Rishi. I know it, it's going to take a while to cool down. Oh, shit. Careful. You'll burn yourself. Well, because I, I, I don't have, like, different settings. It's fine. I know. You, you know what I mean? It's just, it's a, I'm a, I'm a I'm minimal a delicate, girl. I have a delicate <laughs> tongue. So I, uh, <laughs> what I do is I heat the water up and then I uh, pour half regular water and half hot water. Oh, that's smart. You know? But you do the hot water first. 
because it needs yeah. to like steep and do the hot water first and then i always i don't know why because i've been making tea for myself every day for probably the past like 15 16 years but every time no this has been years and i'm still not learning I, 15 days exactly so tea like, every day since you were 10 <laughs> yeah 11 12 every time yeah literally like every time but every time i fill the cup up almost to the top and then i realize fuck this is gonna be really hot (laughs) i put in like a drop to the top of like cold cold water you gotta put an ice cube in and let it melt (sighs) yeah that would be good too wait wait wait. you know what i wanted to talk to you about what actually hold on i feel like this is aggressive still maybe you're just loud talkers Okay, stop doing the breathing. Okay, what I want to lead with is just because I want to know your perspective on... Oh, yeah, careful. What what is that? (laughs) Basically, a piece of ash flew out of the fire and got on the couch... And I just didn't know uh, how to deal so with you it. Put a towel? I can throw. I can. Th- yeah. So I put a towel. So it doesn't get on anyone, or it doesn't like spread. Have you tried removing it? I put some like baking soda, and I think it helped it. Like it's it's not a deep deep stain. You I know what I mean? It's black on a white couch. <laughs> so <laughs> it, it looked like worse an before. Not a violiner is what it looked. It looked like. worse before. Okay. But I see. I can take this, like thing off and just put it in the wash but i'm just lazy so i've been avoiding having to do that yeah okay well let's get on topic here ready enough about that what's your what are your feelings towards uh approaching 30 (laughs) just just lead with that i'm like very happy about it yeah that's why i wanted you to talk about it because well you're not even going to turn 30 this year but like i have so many friends who are like 28 29 30 and everyone's attitudes toward turning 30 are so different but you are the most optimistic i am super optimistic okay, explain to the people <laughs> I feel like my idea is that the closer i get to being not just 30 but 40 50 old <laughs> the closer i get to die the closer, the closer i get to 30 yeah like an older the older I get is like inversely proportional like as my age increases the number of fucks I give like steadily decreases okay I feel so you know (laughs) what I mean so as I get older and especially as I'm getting to the point of being 30 I have uh I have no reservations about saying no to people or about staying in or about basically not doing shit that I don't want to do like it becomes as you get towards like this age, it becomes a lot more socially acceptable mm-hmm. to say no to going out or no to doing any shit you don't want to do. But do you feel like you have to be getting closer to th- that age for that to actually be OK? Like, no, it's just it becomes more socially acceptable. Is it though? I feel like so many people you're we we're talking like I just feel like so many people your age still are just like fucking around yeah it's i mean it depends what crowd you hang around and like the the thing about my age specifically i feel like 
I have friends who are still partying like they're 21 or like they're in college. And I have friends who are literally getting married. Like I'm going to and having babies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So it's kind of like people are kind of almost walking that tightrope before they fall off one side or the other. I would say I kind of like walk the tightrope or I just like look up at the tightrope and say like, fuck that. I'm not even getting on. (laughs) (laughs) You drink your tea while you watch others fall off the tightrope. Like I live in my, my home, like my couch, my TV, my fireplace, my tea. Like that's, that's like where I'm kind of hanging out while I watch all these other people struggle with that. But no, I feel, I I get like excited to be older because I feel like I become the older I get, the more comfortable I become in myself and my own skin and the less I feel like I need to offer explanation to people for why I'm doing the things I'm doing and why I'm making the choices I do. Mm-hmm. And I think I used to feel a lot more inclined to have to explain it to people and to I cared so much about them understanding it, but now I'm like if so, it's someone else's choice whether they want to understand it or not it's not up to me mm-hmm. so the more that i kind of realize those things like i'm i'm extremely happy to become an adult yeah so you are an adult <laughs> well, it's interesting though because i feel like you've changed so much in just the last year true because i remember us i remember us sitting at the hive having a conversation and i remember being like you have to say no to people. Like yeah. you are so overwhelmed. Yeah. And I remember you trying to balance like seeing people when you came when you're home from the Philippines and then like going back like so much and now you're totally different. That's true. Yeah. I mean, I went through like a major life transition and my life was kind of always in two different places. My family was here and my life had been here in LA, especially when I was in college. And then I went and fell in love (laughs) across the world and lived in the UK for a year and kind of tried to make it work there. And then was able to move to the Philippines and try life out there for a couple years and see how I liked it there and kind of realized this might not be the place I need to be right now. And yeah, it was, it was kind of like, I was always trying to do what I thought other people needed to me do, needed me to do. And mm-hmm. I have a very easy time putting others needs before my own. Like I'm a very natural born caretaker and I was always taking care of my little brothers when I was growing up. And I was always, I always felt inclined to take care of my mom and other people in my family and then my close friends. And then once I started having boyfriends, it was like the boyfriends always came first. And then Jesus, like all their baggage and like their family and everything like that, which I took on myself and I was happy to do. It was, you know, for me, it was like a blessing and I'm glad I got to hone that with other people because it really taught me taking care of other people really gave me such a vivid example of what I need to do for myself. Yeah. It's interesting because remember when you first were like going to move to LA and you're like, I don't know if I should be here because you felt so you would tell me that the Philippines was home. Yeah. And it totally was. I mean, I think it felt like home because I had so many friends there and, Mm -hmm. and Filipinos, I mean, the Filipino culture is so vibrant and 
it's naturally a caretaking culture. So all, all my friends and their families, it's just in their culture to kind of, you become their family. Mm -hmm. That's how I felt. Like, especially with like my best friend who I originally went to visit, she really like invited me into her home. I mean, I didn't even know her that well when I first went to the Philippines, but she let me stay with her and her family for like a month. And mm -hmm. they like, they totally took me in and she's like my sister. She totally took me in and I got to know the rest of her family. And through her, I met my boyfriend and through my boyfriend, I met all of his cousins and his cousins are like vast and like diverse and they all treated me like family and his family really took good care of me. So, mm -hmm. and became my second family. And because I'd also had my own family history in the Philippines with my grandparents, my, my grandparents founded a furniture company and they manufactured all their furniture there. And I didn't know it at the time, but you know, my family and my boyfriend's family were actual business partners, mm -hmm. but we met through a totally like separate third party. And so I think I always had this like family connection there that made me feel a lot more comfortable. The fact that so many people there, they didn't know me, but they knew they'd known my grandfather or knew of him mm -hmm. and the same thing, like, and reverse. And so I always kind of had this, like, it's so weird. I had always had this feeling like I really wanted to go there and needed to go there and I never went with him. So I felt really connected to my grandfather when I was there and to my grandparents and to like my own family's history. And then the people there were just so warm and welcoming. It was kind of like an ideal situation. Plus you're in paradise and like the most beautiful beaches in the world. And yeah. Okay. Wait. So, so initially though, explain how you fell into that. Like, because you, why did you first go over there? I first, well, I first went over there because I transferred to USC. And as a transfer, you kind of like hang out with other transfers. And my first friend I made at USC, actually, my best friend, she is, well, she's American, but she's Honduran, Colombian. And she'd grown up in the Philippines. Her dad had a job there. And so um, I became really good friends with her and she actually lived in like kind of like Calabasas area, like in the valley, which mm -hmm. she hates when I say, but yes, Calabasas, Westlake, anything outside of that area is the valley. <laughs> True. <laughs> True. <laughs> Not LA, yeah. valley. but I, and I went to her house and because my grandparents had spent so much time in Asia, my house in Portland and my grandparents' house always looked very Asian. So it always stuck out to me growing up. Like people would come to my house and be like, this is weird. You know, like it, it looked, it always looked different from other houses. And I remember so vividly the first time I went to my friend's house in the Valley, it looked like my house. And I was kind of shocked. I was like, why does your house look like my house? And I didn't really know the connection to the Philippines even. Mm -hmm. And we started talking and like we knew kind of like of the same people sort of, but not really. And then her friends from the Philippines would come and visit us at USC and I would hang out with them. And I started making more and more friends with like Filipinos. And that's kind of how it goes with Filipinos. Even now, like I just kind of accumulate more and more friends because that's just kind of the mentality it is. Like they kind of stick together. And now I have a huge like identity crisis where I think I'm Filipina. <laughs> okay, okay. But, so, so, oh, so but yeah, so my friend like had grown up in the Philippines. And after we graduated, I'd always planned to go to the Philippines with my grandfather because he went once a year. Mm -hmm. 
but he passed away right before I graduated. But luckily, my friend who'd grown up there, she was going to visit some of her friends, some of the ones I'd met. And she invited me to go with her. And I said, sure, why not? Like, I just graduated. I wanted to take a year to travel. I'd never even been to Asia before. Mm-hmm. And I'd traveled a bit to Europe, but I, I didn't really travel extensively until after I graduated um, from college. And when I went over there, it was just kind of amazing because everyone I met was like, I clicked with really easily. And she'd always kind of made fun of me because she was like, you're so white. You're so American. Like, I don't know how these people are going to take to you because it's a very cliquish mentality in a way. They're super warm and welcoming, but they've all grown up together. Their parents grew up together. Their grandparents grew up together. So it's a super tight knit community that knows each other super well. And she was kind of like, thought it was really funny that I got along with people so well and that I like kind of just, but I also have a way of doing that where I just like wiggle my way into someone's life. Like, and I, I'm very adaptable. So I adapt to people around me really easily. And Mm -hmm. so I, and I just, I was in this beautiful place. Like I'd gone through my college breakup. I'd graduated from college and I was in this in-between period where I kind of just had the opportunity to just travel and have fun and enjoy and, Mm -hmm. I think I just took maximum advantage of that. Well, it turned it. So you went over there and then you met your your boyfriend at the time. And then that turned into how many years there? We, well, I met, yeah, I met the guy who would become my boyfriend while I was there. And then he was living in London. And <laughs> I wanted to, after Asia, I I'd traveled, even after being in the Philippines, I traveled through Asia with some other friends for a while. But I wanted to go to Europe and after doing Asia. And so I went over to Europe and I found like a work study program I could do with Vogue and Condé Nast. And he was in London and I looked for a program that was in London. And so I was there with him and then he wanted to move back to the Philippines. And it was really hard for me to find a job, like a lasting job in London after my program ended, just because it was kind of getting towards the, beginning of Brexit and he wanted to move back home and I was applying to jobs anyway I was applying to jobs in London and LA and New York and trying to figure out my next move and I thought if I'm trying to apply to and work in any of these cities why not try to make it work in the Philippines and that's what I did yeah so how many years were you oh god I'm really bad at answering (laughs) questions I was there three years yeah yeah Mm -hmm. I know I always like amazed me how like I could never do that I felt like you were just always in between countries and cities and like wasn't that hard being away from everyone in the U.S. for so long it was hard definitely I mean I feel like I don't know I I think if I'd thought about it more yeah, <laughs> it would have been a harder young, decision young and in love but Yeah. And young and in love. And also I was really at a point in my life, as I told you before, where I just didn't really care. (laughs) And I wasn't thinking so much about consequences. And I've also kind of always approached traveling, working, living, where I make a decision that I want to do something. I figure out what it is I want to do. And then I find ways to make it work. And I think I know a lot of people who kind of have the do the inverse where they have to figure out how they're going to make it work before they make it happen. And I've just kind of always been like, I already know what I want to do. I'm going to go do it and figure it out along the way. And so I just took the same approach to that. I thought if 
what's the worst that could happen? I have a horrible time. I'm depressed and upset and I want to move back home. Then I'll move back home. So it, for me, it was just, I don't know. I didn't see it as being an ult. I never see anything as an ultimate end. I didn't really think this decision is going to change my life forever and I'm never going to be able to go back. I just thought, well, I'll, I'll figure it out when I get to that point. So yeah, you are, you are definitely very like that. You're a true nomad forever. <laughs> no, I don't yeah. want to be a nomad No, it's anymore. good. It's like very calming. Um, also, okay. So how are uh, Filipinos different than Americans? How are, Fili- <laughs> how are the, bo- the men different? Oh, Is the dating scene better over there? J money? I don't I can't speak to it because I was only with one guy the whole time. No, you've told <laughs> me how there are differences and how men would treat. Very. I mean, these, like, the men there, as with, I would say, a lot of family-oriented cultures and especially a lot of these kind of Catholic cultures, which the Philippines is, it's very centered around kind of worshiping the mother <laughs> a little bit. Um, the Filipino women are so strong and I can tell like the men really look up to and respect their mothers. And I think that's kind of, and their grandmothers, et cetera, and treat their sisters really well. And so it starts in the family and in the Philippines. I mean, I got really spoiled by chivalry because (laughs) I got pretty used to like not opening my own doors and (laughs) having drinks brought to me or, Um, and definitely my ex-boyfriend was like that and all of his cousins were like that. And it was just, you always felt like very safe wherever you were because, or if, if we were traveling somewhere and there was a bag to be carried, they'd carry it for you. And I think I definitely got very, very, that's why now you're having such a hard time finding someone who meets your standards. I mean, I'm just like ruthless about what I expect in that way. I expect all my doors to be open, (laughs) all my meals paid for. You know, what's so funny is there's this guy on hinge who I saw his profile goes, I'm convinced every girl on hinge just wants attention or all of her meals paid for. I was like, what's wrong with that? Yeah, I was like, uh. And it's like, well, what are you expecting? And then I saw this other guy who was, he goes, my pet peeve is when girls say chivalry is dead. And I'm like, hmm. How often are you hearing that? (laughs) You must hear it a lot. Yeah, some of the shit people put on there. But, oh my God. It's very alive there, I would say. Okay, tell everyone the truth. You went to, so, but then you were in, you went, joined NTA uh-huh. Los Angeles purely because you knew I was. <laughs> Mostly because of Christina. It's true. Mostly. Wait, can we- Diane, da- Diane Sanfilippo had like vetted um, the NTA as well. Like She's I, not even NTP. What yeah. Is, well, her and Liz. Yeah. And then you mostly talked about it and that you were going to do it. And I was like, like worshiping you at this point. <laughs> like I was in the Philippines dealing with some health How shit. How did you find my, my blog? Through Jordan. Oh, okay. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. And I turned Jesse not vegan. Pretty much. <laughs> I went from like freely the banana girl, vegan gains, like to the max, <laughs> like vegan propaganda videos and like documentaries to... Christina 
shedding the light on my eyes that had been veiled forcing me to eat liver and bone broth and i instantly started feeling so much better because i'd been so sick for years like so so sick and just getting worse and worse as i was in the philippines and forcing a raw vegan diet down mine and everyone else's throats who would listen to me so you guys when i met jesse's well now ex-boyfriend but when he wasn't <laughs> he gives me a hug and he goes thank you so much for turning jesse not vegan <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i died wait so wait how, so what at what age did you start your your vegan your freely for the well, phase well i was vegetarian all of college like Why? i got I, (laughs) so I got to college and before I went to USC, I went to Scripps, which is in Claremont and it's a consortium of colleges and uh, it's a very liberal uh, school system. It's very liberal colleges and I'd never really had tofu presented to me or like meatless options and I hadn't really eaten in a cafeteria much mm-hmm. and seeing the meat prepared in mass quantities kind of made me want to barf. Mm-hmm. And then seeing the meatless options and I really liked the meatless options and I was like, oh, I can pretty much eat like whatever I want. It's like fake tacos, fake burgers, fake yeah. hot dogs, whatever um, yeah. without eating meat. And the meat for some reason, it was grossing me out. And I think I was I don't know. And, and I had friends who were vegan and vegetarian and I'd never had vegetarian or vegan friends in my entire life. So I was really intrigued by it. And as you know, like I'm very adaptable, like, yeah. and I'm, and I'm you always like to hop on the cause. I do. I, I, and I'm, and I, I really like to try something and get like firsthand mm-hmm. experience um, and just see what it's like. And I'm very adaptable. Like I like trying new things. Even, even now people make fun of me for the foods that I'll always, like, I will try any food at least once. I will try, I'll travel to every place at least once. Like mm-hmm. I'll try anything at least once. And so it was the same with this. Like, I'm like, this is completely different from what I'm used to. So I'm going to try it. And I just kind of got It's weird. I just fell into it really easily. I mean, being vegetarian is not hard. Like you, I would go to Subway and get a Subway sub just without meat. It would be cheese and lettuce and everything else. Being an unhealthy vegetarian is not hard. Oh yeah. But that's what I was. I was an unhealthy vegetarian. Yeah. So, I mean, how did you feel during your whole vegan vegetarian? What was going on? I was so sick all of college. Like, what? <laughs> like, I would go to the health center like once a week at least. I remember I had chronic bronchitis. I would get the flu all the time. If there was any like little bit of sickness going around a cold, I would instantly get sick. I I just always like, but I would kind of grunt through it. it being sick just became the norm mm-hmm. and it, I was still operable. Like I was, I still could do stuff. I was still breathing. I was still breathing. Like sometimes. (laughs) Going to class once in a while. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, and then, yeah, so I was vegetarian and then it was really funny because I graduated, went to the Philippines and ate everything. Mm -hmm. Like I went from being vegetarian to literally eating like pork snout and hooves. And in the Philippines, that's also why I, (laughs) I swear to God, I credit my... Uh, like adapting to the Philippines and being like ushered into their culture so easily because even the moms would one of my best friend's moms was like 
you know, Jessie, she's so American, but she eats like a Filipino <laughs> because I would eat anything they put in front of me. Like, yeah. and I wouldn't ask questions. Whereas a lot of Americans would go there and like Stick the way that Americans is. eat is very different from the rest of the world, like completely different. Like there it's, you're used to eating organ meats. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's normal. It's a delicacy. It's like, Oh, you're so thankful that you're being served that it's like an honor kind of. And when I would go to the Philippines, they would put food in front of me and I just wouldn't ask questions. I would eat it. And not only would I eat it, but I would eat seconds and thirds and then dessert. Yeah, that's <laughs> so, why we get along. <laughs> I ate a lot. Like yeah. I ate so, so much. And so how did I start talking about that again? No, but I yeah. I to know what, what you felt like when you're vegan, vegetarian. Also how that yeah. tied in. Like, cause you also went through your whole like, like body stuff with your body and your hormones. And yeah. Like, what was happening with all that? It's a long saga. Still ongoing. But yeah, well, I'd always kind of had digestive issues my whole life. And in high school, it was like a running joke with me and my friends, like Jesse, the girl with constant diarrhea. Like it was, (laughs) and I was very open about it. Like I still am. But I like, and I, because I ate, I loved to eat Mm -hmm. and I loved ice cream and cake and stuff like that. But I would always have diarrhea. So like I'd be having and I'd be eating ice cream and we'd all be laughing. My friends and I like, yeah, je- like after after lacrosse practice, I had lacrosse practice. We'd go to like the malt shop or like ice cream, like parlor or whatever. And they'd I'd order a giant sundae and they'd bring six spoons and I'd eat the entire thing to myself. I'd be like, Who the fuck are these spoons for? <laughs> <laughs> this is all mine. And everyone around would be laughing at me like, yep, you're going to have diarrhea tonight. Yeah. Yep. Yes, I am. So it's just normal for me to be sick like that. But it was, it was tolerable. It was just a joke to me. That's just how I was. And then once I got to the Philippines, I, after about the first year, I started getting, seriously sick to the point where it's not like I would have have to go have diarrhea or something like that or be throwing up or throw up once it would be constant like I I couldn't keep food down like I they thought I had this thing like gastroesophageal reflux disease where basically it's like having really really bad acidity where you're just kind of either bile's coming up or you're puking constantly and you can't can't keep food down and it mine just got more and more aggravated and after going through a bad depression after my grandfather passed away and developing stomach ulcers it it was kind of like everything was colliding at once and i think maybe going from vegetarian to eating so many different foods that my body's not familiar with to moving to another country where i'm being exposed constantly to new bacteria and not taking very good care of myself. And I think probably the stress of a move and being in a new place and being away from my family, like everything kind of coming together at once made me really, really sick. And I had got to a point where I actually had to quit my job because my boss approached me (laughs) and my boss said, I mean, I remember I'd literally be getting ready to go in the morning and trying to do my mascara and I'd couldn't stop puking and I'd bring a car a bag in the car with me so I could puke in the car and I'd get to work and before I even made it to lunch I'd be puking and my boss and another coworker came up to me one day and had an intervention and they said we know that you're bulimic and that you're throwing up in the bathroom and it's not okay and I 
laughed because I was like, trust me, if this was up to me, this yeah. would not be happening. Like, this is not enjoyable for me. This is not my choice. Yeah. I'm just, and it, it was, you know, and I, I'm very appreciative of that because it was kind of a wake up call to me that this is actually a serious issue I need to focus on. I dropped significant weight. Like I was really, really thin and not healthy. I couldn't keep food down. And I was also teaching yoga at the time. So I was teaching power yoga on the weekends. So it was just really a lot of stress on my body. Mm-hmm. Um, and so because of that, I was looking for a lot of doctors were trying to prescribe me all these pills and all these antacids. And I just was only getting worse and ending up kind of in the ER like every other week or something like that because I was so dehydrated. And that's how I got into the YouTube K-hole and found all the vegan videos mm-hmm. <laughs> Thought this is the solution. Like I'm going to try this out. And when I try something, I dive into it hardcore. And so I became fully vegan and started to feel a lot better at first. And I credit that mostly to probably eating more real foods, like less processed food. And I was eating just tons more vegetables and things like that. And I think I was a lot more in tune with my body. Like I was preparing a lot of my foods and I was very conscious about what I was eating. And I I think having something also to focus on took my mind off of being sick. And so I think I was trying to put like a lot of positive energy into that. And at first I started to feel better, which a lot of people do when they first go vegan and they're like, oh my God, this is the godsend kind of. I would say for the first month or a couple months, I started to feel better and then it got much, much, much worse. And what did you start noticing? Um, I just kept dropping weight and not in a very healthy way. Um, I had absolutely no energy. Like there would be days where I just didn't feel like I could do anything at all. I was really depressed and having really dark thoughts. And, um, I again, couldn't keep food down. Like, again, like my ulcers kind of flared up and my GERD returned and gastritis. And I was constantly bloated all the time. I was pretty skinny, but had like, I would have a massive belly. Like I would, and I mean, I was eating, I was, I was not only vegan, but I was like raw vegan or raw till four, which is a thing. It was the freely, the banana girl days. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And so I was having like 10 bananas for breakfast And then for lunch, I would have a salad that was like a family-sized, gigantic salad bowl. And then for dinner, I'd have like 10 potatoes. Oh, my God. So obviously, this is psychotic, us talking about it. But I kind of thought... I was also so desperate to get well Mm -hmm. and hadn't had a lot of other solutions. And so I was like ready to take on a different kind of extreme. I thought if people are willing to prescribe me... 10 different pills to get better and doing these procedures and to do a colonoscopy once per month, then maybe... Well, going raw till four is much better than all that. Yeah, exactly. You know? Exactly. So I thought I'd try it and it worked for a while, but I mean, I... I felt very sickly and I was still teaching yoga. I don't, I don't know exactly why. <laughs> like, I think it, I just needed a greater purpose, kind mm-hmm. of. Um, but... Luckily, I found people like you (laughs) because I, you know why? Because on YouTube, all the vegan YouTubers that I watched like religiously started ripping apart Jordan. 
yeah, for leaving veganism. And so I was like, I thought it was really interesting. I was like, wait, why are they all so like jazzed up about this girl and what she was eating and that she wasn't eating that way anymore? And why did she do that? You know, like what, what brought her there? Like, and then I kind of learned more about her healing journey and that's how I found you because yeah. And so, yeah. And I started, I, I like vividly remember the first night that I had bone broth <laughs> because I was can the you, least. Can you describe this experience? <laughs> like, I, remember, I remember being in the Philippines and I mean, bone, bone broth is like super standard there. It's not like a weird thing at all. It's like what they have normally. That's what most of their soups are made out of kind of. And so I, I kind of you know, went to the store and like requested it. And so I was like, do you have this? And they're like, Oh yeah, yeah, no problem. And, uh, I remember like preparing it over the stove being like, am I really going to take the plunge? Like two years. Yeah, It's been two years I've been doing this. And, and then I thought, I mean, what am I getting worked up about? Like if it doesn't work, I'll be in the same place I'm in right now. But what if it does? And I mean, bone broth is like, a super standard easy thing to start incorporating and that's and when I you know started doing my own like nutrition consulting that's one of the first things I recommend to people too Mm -hmm. and I think that's why people had an easier time relating to me because they would say you know a lot of people get caught up in the moral and the ethical dilemma of switching out of vegetarianism or veganism and I'm like I've definitely been there like I was fully into the vegan and the PETA propaganda and everything like that. Trust me, I was fully on board, but the amount of healing that I was able to achieve in a very short amount of time, like it, I felt like it was almost overnight um, how quickly I got better. And of course it's like a constant journey because your baseline changes so much, Mm -hmm. you know, your baseline of how well you feel. But I feel like my energy, like I actually had energy to want to get up in the morning. Cause I remember when I was, I remember when I was vegan, it's just like, I didn't really like have a lust for life. And that's kind of how I felt across like all things. Like I just kind of was like the days are passing and going on. And I just remember when I started eating bone broth and then eggs and then chicken. I remember I was like the first time I bit into a chicken again, I was like, Oh my god! <laughs> and it tasted so good too. Yeah. Like I, as soon as I tasted it, I could kind of feel like this is what my body had been kind of craving and wanting. Yeah. I hope you guys are enjoying this conversation with Jesse, especially this part about healing diets and healing foods and superfoods like bone broth. But there's another superfood that's very important that we chat about really quickly, and that is the power of functional mushrooms. If you listened to the beginning of this podcast, you already know that while we were recording this podcast, I was drinking my reishi from Four Sigmatic. And actually right now, as I record this, I have a mug of Four Sigmatic Cordyceps next to me. I drink reishi every single evening. And then during the day, I pretty much always have the chaga or the cordyceps. And then I'll rotate in other ones as I see fit. But those are kind of my main staples from the Four Sigmatic line. 
If you're not familiar with Four Sigmatic, they are on a mission to popularizing mushroom consumption because the thing is, there's a whole kingdom of mushrooms out there and a lot of them have a ton of incredible health benefits from immunity, energy, longevity, and these have been used for centuries. The problem though is that a lot of people don't know how to get high quality functional mushrooms into their diet and they also don't know how to incorporate them into their diets. So Four Sigmatic is great because they make drinking mushrooms and superfoods in general very delicious and easy to do. They have a full line of mushroom coffees, mushroom superfood blends, and mushroom elixirs. They have them in tins for at-home use and also single-serve packets, which are great to carry around. I bring them with me everywhere because I do not want to get caught without some Four Sigmatic. They're super convenient because all you have to do is get some hot water and then mix in the mushroom elixir with the hot water. You can also mix it in with nut milk if you want something a little bit more extravagant and thicker, more like a latte. You can also mix them into smoothies and shakes. I have actually a cacao dream smoothie bowl recipe on my website if you want to check that one out. And like I mentioned, these are all incredibly high quality. So Four Sigmatic tests their products for heavy metals, pesticides, irradiations, mycotoxins, and they use wild-crafted or law-grown and certified organic mushrooms. They're also incredibly potent. You're going to get 500 to 1500 milligrams of dual extracted mushrooms per serving, which makes this the most potent product on the market. One packet is the equivalent to 10 to 15 capsules. So like I mentioned, some of my favorites are the cordyceps, which is great for performance and just natural energy. It's going to give you a nice, even steady boost of energy without the caffeine. It's really great for athletes, but I just drink it anytime I want natural energy or maybe around a workout. The reishi is great for anti-stress, help to support sleep. I like to drink this about two, one to two hours before I go to sleep. Just helps me calm down, wind down, taste delicious. I also love to, side note, put a little bit of cinnamon on these, mix them in, tastes so good. The chaga is incredible for immunity, especially this time of year. Great to have that really high in antioxidants. So if you want to support your immune system, chaga is where it's at. This is actually the product that made me fall in love with Four Sigmatic to begin with. They also have the lion's mane, which is incredible for boosting cognition. It supports the brain and nervous system. If you are studying, reading, writing, just need to concentrate in general, the lion's mane is a great option. And of course, their mushroom hot cacaos are delicious. Whenever I feel like I want hot chocolate, I will pull out my mushroom hot cacao mix. I love the one with reishi in it because... I get pretty stimulated by cacao in general, but when I have this mushroom hot cacao mix, I have no issues going to sleep afterwards because that reishi helps chill me out. So that's delicious. And then their mushroom coffee mixes. If you drink coffee, I highly recommend investing in the Four Sigmatic mushroom coffee because it will give you the stimulation of coffee without the jitters. Recently, when I was traveling, I actually had their mushroom golden latte mix almost every single day because I just wanted golden milk latte and that is absolutely delicious and their mushroom chai latte mix if you love chai lattes definitely check that one out as well and I've been using their skincare they released their face mask and tonic and their superfood serum which are really cool because you can use them on your face and also consume them so the mushroom face mask and tonic you can just mix with some water and it's like a mask for your face but you can also put the powder in hot water and make a drink out of it it tastes delicious it makes my skin so soft it's incredible and same with the superfood serum so you can just use it as a serum on your face at night Again, makes my skin so soft and plump. I just am really impressed with, with this. But you can also 
consume the the serum like as an oil, like as if you're taking fish oil. Pretty darn revolutionary. So if you want to check out Four Sigmatic products, just head to foursigmatic.com slash CRW and my discount code CRW will get you 15% off. So again, that's foursigmatic.com slash CRW, F-O-U-R-S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C.com slash CRW and my code CRW will get you 15% off. Now it's time for me to finish the rest of my cordyceps I have next to me, and I'll let you get back to listening to this convo with Jesse Coleman. Well, I see a lot of vegans and vegetarians tell me, like, I'm just so hungry. Like, you can never feel full. Yeah. I'm eating so much food, and I'm like, because if your body is missing a nutrient or a a macro, a micro, any of it, you're going to be starving until it gets it. And it's like if your body wants animal products and it doesn't matter how much of everything else you're eating, you're not going to feel full until you have some of that. Exactly. Totally. And I mean, I would eat like I would eat an entire vegan gluten-free pizza or I'd eat mm-hmm. an entire batch of potatoes. I mean like a vat mm-hmm. of potatoes or I would eat like I don't even a full platter of vegetables Mm -hmm. and fruits or whatever it was. And I just, I would never feel full Mm -hmm. and I would always, and within two hours I would always be hungry. And I thought it was such an impressive thing because I was eating so much and I was, I would kind of like brag about it. Like I thought I was, I thought I was like, Oh, I have this special metabolism and this special digestive system because I can eat, look how much I can eat. And in two hours I'm ready to eat again. You know, yeah, it makes you feel like, Ooh, I have this superpower. And especially when you're like a small, tiny girl and people aren't expecting you to eat like that. And I'm like, trust me, I can definitely eat, but it's not like, yeah, (laughs) which I still do, but (laughs) in a different way. What about like, I love when your perspective on like you're changing body, you know, like yeah. from going from underweight to like getting healthy again and how your body image has changed and like so much like, you know, you talk about like when you had a six pack and it's like, mm-hmm. well, I wasn't happy and I wasn't healthy. Not at all. And I remember like my six pack was so like a part of my identity mm-hmm. that people I mean literally one of my friends he called me like Jesse the body Ventura who's this like <laughs> I thought he just pulled that out of his ass kind yeah. of but it's an actual wrestler oh, like shit. if you search Jesse the body Ventura <laughs> it's a wrestler like a super beefy <laughs> one with <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and um yeah and I was I mean I thought because I had that defined body I was so strong you know, but it kind of, it kind of messed with my head a bit because clearly my having the kind of mental strength that I have now is so much more rewarding for me that I don't, that I'm not relying on this very fragile and very unsustainable or this fleeting like image to feel good about myself or to feel confident or to feel like guys want me or that I'm desirable, that other women envy me or whatever it is. Because in reality, our bodies are going to fluctuate. Like we've, I've only been on this earth for 28, geez, almost 30 years. And like our bodies are going to fluctuate so much over our lifetime. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, some women gain like almost a hundred pounds when they get pregnant and have a baby. Like, is it really that big of a deal to gain a few pounds if it means like you become a completely like a more whole, complete person? It's just, I, I, I don't even, I don't see it even like that, like as a sacrifice. I just see it as like kind of two unrelated things. Like I think our society really likes to fool us into thinking that achieving a certain physical appearance or a certain body is going to have an impact on our mental health and on the rest of our life. And that's not really true. Like that doesn't precede anything. That's not a requirement. That's just something that we've been led to believe. It's just kind of a lie that we've been force fed by like really tactful marketing and images and advertising our whole lives. And it's something that we kind of slowly need to unlearn. And I've also learned just by surrounding myself with people who don't constantly talk about their weight and talk about the way they look and don't obsess over it. And also surrounding myself with people where I can have conversations about things that don't have to do with like physical appearance Mm -hmm. kind of also makes me realize. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas in college, you know, people are really, especially at a school like USC, people are really hyper-focused on the way they look. And so I also just feel like that's another thing about getting older. (laughs) Like, Yeah. yeah. And, and when you go through, like, I mean, I'm sure for you too, when you go through something really traumatic, whether it's emotional or physical or whatever it is, or you lose someone really close to you or you get a really bad injury and those are all things I've kind of been through. It gives you a different appreciation for life. That's so detached from your physical body when you're just happy to be alive and thankful and grateful to be alive. It's like, are you really going to let the way you look rob you of joy for a day? Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, it, it's so not worth it. Plus I'm really good at laughing at myself. Yeah. So like, <laughs> If I, even if I catch myself and I think, I think that's what so many people lose is like, it's not like I wake up every day and I'm like, I'm fucking perfect. Like, yes, I've, I've overcome society's standards. Like I am the, I am the anomaly of the world. Like follow me. It's like, I don't wake up feeling like that, but I, it's, I've gotten really skilled at catching myself going down that rabbit hole and pulling myself back up Mm -hmm. you know and I think having hobbies is so important having a purpose and what you do is so important and enjoying your work is so important and doing things for yourself and that's why like self-care the way you eat the way you live the people you surround yourself with what you read what you watch like is so important because that's what gives you like substance Yeah, exactly. And you know what's funny? It's like, I feel like you and I, like, we have so much in common in terms of our history and, like, health stuff. Yeah. Like, we never talk about, we don't really ever talk about any of that. Like, when we're hanging out. We don't. Like, I don't even know what we talk about. (laughs) We don't even talk about any of that. Like, you know, and I, I, because I remember, like, one day, it was, like, one of the only times we've ever talked about, like, 
body stuff and we were sitting there eating ice cream in the middle of the day and we, we were talking about we're like Classic. remember when we like used to not want to eat ice cream in the middle of the day because like we thought we'd get fat oh and my I, god and we were yeah. just supposed to crack like laughing so hard like, what the fuck were we doing <laughs> Like, I know. I, we were both, I remember we were both like, I'd much rather be like 10 pounds heavier and like eat ice cream in the middle of the day than like yeah. <laughs> miss out on the joy of this Erewhon activated oh ice cream. Oh God, it's so good. A thousand percent. Yeah. A thousand percent. It's like, why? I mean, and it's true. Like you literally just have to laugh at yourself. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's like this in the scheme of life. Like when you're on your deathbed, it was like, uh. I shouldn't have eaten yeah. that kippies. Yeah. I shouldn't have eaten that Hagen dazs Like, damn, if I hadn't done that. Yeah, it's like going to be the last thing on your mind. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I think people also just like sometimes take themselves too seriously. And it's like if nothing, nothing in life is going to be perfect. Life is too short to get too worked up about controlling every little thing. And I'd way rather enjoy life and laugh at it and laugh at myself. Like if I can, if I can laugh at myself, I can get through anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you can laugh at the fact that you're even upset about your situation, because at the end of the day, if you wake up in the morning and you're alive and breathing and you have a roof over your head and you have food in your stomach and you have people who love you, who you can talk to, what else do you really need? Mm -hmm. Do you really need to be skinnier? Do you really need a six pack? Do you really need bigger boobs, bigger butt, like bigger lips, like mm -hmm. a new bag, like whatever it is, like, oh, a million dollars, like whatever it is. Do you really need any of that to be happy? Like, no, that's not really going to change your situation. Like if you have all of those other things, like you are so blessed like people don't even realize it. And I think that's what's also such a blessing for me, having lived abroad and seeing people with so much less be so much happier than the vast majority I see of people here who really don't understand how spoiled and they are and how blessed they are until you go somewhere where people literally have nothing and they're smiling and laughing and joking with you. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like that it it gave me such a new perspective on how much I have to be grateful for and appreciate. So if I catch myself getting upset about something, thinking I'm fat or thinking I don't look good or thinking I'm not as pretty as blah, blah, blah. It's like, am I kidding myself? Yeah. Like, <laughs> Is this what I'm worried about? Am I actually upset about this? That's yeah. comical. Yeah. It's comical that I'm putting energy towards being upset about something so inconsequential. Mm -hmm. I have to just laugh at it. Yeah. So. I love that perspective. That's why I love you. We always laugh about <laughs> random shit. That happens to us. Yeah, it happens to us all the time. I don't even understand. Um, we really do. Yeah. But, God, yeah. Okay, so you, and then, you guys, we have, we have to, you have to say, we have to tell the story of how we met. It was love at first sight. It was happened. love across the room from Jessie, my sight. Jesse joined the NTA because I did it and she stalked me on social media. And then I was basically like the guy on you. I'll tell you my perspective. Yeah. So then she joined NTA and it was the first workshop weekend. And the last night, 
she like comes up to me and she's like hey like we got all weekend and she didn't say anything to me stared at you from the corner she's like i'm your biggest fan will you sign my bag and i was kidding (laughs) i should have will you sign my arm arm? i'll never wash it (laughs) no but she was like she basically came over and told me that she loved my blog and i was like honestly a little annoyed because i wanted to be friends with you that weekend but like you didn't give me the time of fucking day you didn't even look at me you even knew who i was well i you were like another small blonde girl and like everyone else in nta was like not everyone but you know like most people in there were a bit older than us like yeah i was the youngest one in our class wasn't i Yes, or was I there think one, you were. Maybe, was there one other person? You, I don't know. And I think Alexa's yeah. 25. Yeah, so now. I mean, I'm two years younger than her. Yeah. yeah, you're the youngest. Yeah, I was the youngest one. and like Most you, intimidating, though. Everyone was intimidated everyone by you. Everyone was afraid of me. I don't know why. <laughs> I'm so nice. You are so and nice. And then the last day of NTA, I fucking cr- I cried my way out of there. Oh, so hard. I know. No, but so like, sweet. okay, so Jessie comes up to me and tells me she likes my blog. And then it turns into like, we're talking and then for a long time. And then she offered to drive me home. It really was our first date. It was like a first date. That was like the best first. That was the best first date I'll probably ever have. Yeah, probably. I don't think I'll ever have. Well, we'll get to that. We'll get to that in a second. <laughs> Anyways, so, and then Jesse started asking me business advice, and I started probably shattering all of her illusions about the blogging industry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> As I do everyone and everyone in it. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, and then the rest is history, and then we became friends. Um, and at the time she lived in the Philippines and I was like, well, I remember you were like, yeah, let's hang out. I'm like, when you literally don't live in this country, <laughs> Good <point. laughs> like low key. Um, but yeah, and then we became friends and yeah, now we, I don't know what we do together. I live in her house. So. <laughs> you come stay at my house. I, stay, I babysit the house. You do, um, which is very appreciated. Okay. But you know what? There are a few things I want to cover in this episode that we haven't even gotten to. So let's start off with the first. Speaking of the best first dates you've ever been on. I also have to say, though, about that meeting. Yeah. I've met, like, I won't say, like, quite a few celebrities, but, like, a <laughs> decent amount. And I was so nervous to talk to Christina. Why? No, because I, like, revered you so much. I wasn't scared. But I'm not I was a like, It was just... No, but it was so weird because... I'd been in the Philippines with no one to talk to about health and wellness and about nutrition or diet. Mm -hmm. And I listened to your podcast religiously and literally my, my ex now ex-boyfriend would come in the room and I'd hold my finger up like, like, no, I'm listening. Like as if we were having a phone conversation, (laughs) like I am into this, I'm focused because when I was there and I was dealing with my sickness and I was trying to get better and I was completely changing my lifestyle Mm -hmm not just my diet, but my entire lifestyle basically changed. I didn't really have friends that I could share that with. And my friends, <laughs> you didn't know it. <laughs> we were actually friends before we met. Yeah, we were. <laughs> In my mind. Yeah. <laughs> we were friends before we met. Um, but so in my mind and you know that feeling where it's like I feel like I know this person but they don't know me so I don't know how to read this situation and I mean that weekend was so tiring and like it it ended and I was like what the hell just happened and so and I was kind of like wanting to sprint out of there and like go into a hole and die I know. but like 
I was like, no, like I have to like say hi. And I remember my heart was like fluttering in my chest. I was like, oh, like what if what? she's like, what if she's like, fuck off? I don't know. Was I, I what you expected? Oh, like a thousand even million times better. Oh, good. Yeah. No, you were super nice. <laughs> you were super nice. And I remember being like, oh my gosh, like, yeah, why didn't I, why was I scared in the first place? Yeah. Like, what did I build up in my mind? You know, mm-hmm. like it was, it was totally fine. And I mean, everyone there was super nice too, but mm-hmm. I think every, everyone was like, it's just, you're learning so much. It's such an intense environment. And I'd literally flown in and I was jet lagged mm-hmm. the entire, like I'd arrived the night before yeah. I'd arrived the night before. Like I basically didn't sleep for two days. Well, that was your own fault for being a dumbass. You should have <laughs> fucking gone earlier. What's new? <laughs> literally. Me being about, jet lagged. Yeah, what is new? Jesse was like, always like, well, everything's going wrong and I'm late. So it's very on brand for me. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> everything going wrong is very on brand um, i swear that's why laughter gets me through the day like i just have to laugh at it no yeah i think people don't and i didn't understand it either like what nta workshop weekends yeah. physically and emotionally feel like like mm-hmm. they are like i mean after it takes you like two weeks to recover i don't know Easily. what's happening but especially like all the palpate i'm like sore whatever but yeah energetically it's a lot it's a lot energetically but i mean that makes me really happy though you know that like i felt you felt like i was your friend and that's what's so cool about the internet and i know a lot of people feel that way and that's why i started a podcast because there's so many people i feel that way about like yeah i've listened to people's podcasts for so long or even if you watch a tv show for a long time and you like know the characters or like reality shows it's like yeah i mean me and Chris Harrison are best friends, right? Like, yeah. Like, like I know Chris Harrison. <laughs> like, he makes a joke and you're like, oh, yeah, I yeah, remember yeah. that one. Like, yeah. it's an inside joke. Yeah, exactly. you guys. Yeah. Chris, yeah. yeah. You know, so you feel like that. And that's cool that people can, you know, and that, like, yeah. I mean, means a lot to me that someone, like, trusts me like that and thinks of me like that. And that's yeah. the point of it. And, like, I think also another reason why I really liked you was because. I I knew you because you were you had commented on my blog and I've talked about this before. (laughs) Like anyone who leaves a comment on a blog post, like I will remember. Like I very much remember you because like so many people are lazy. Yeah, like just won't like they don't comment it. And like I think any blogger like really appreciates a comment on a blog versus like an Instagram post. Yeah, a silent read. You know. Yeah, because it's like, oh, you actually sat down, took the time to read this and then wrote a response to show your appreciation. And I mean, I had to because I literally was forcing (laughs) I was making every recipe off your website because I didn't know what the hell to eat or what I was doing. I remember especially the um, what was it? The the lemon bar smoothie, the lemon smoothie. It was so good. Yeah. I loved that recipe and I was like eating all the recipe, making and eating all the recipes off of your website. And I was like, I'm just, I was like, (laughs) 
I was going to say like sneak into your DMs. I was like sneakily being like love from the Philippines. <laughs> because I also thought like how cool is that to know? Because when you're in the LA bubble, you kind of forget about the rest of the world. Yeah. And how I was in my mind, I was like, how cool would it be for her to know that there's someone across the world who's really being helped by it was what you're cool. doing? Yeah, and I knew you, but I think it was confusing for me when I met you. It was like I <laughs> like you're not both <laughs> Yeah, I was like, I was like the, all these years, yeah, like I false advertising. Yeah, I thought you were you're oh, a Filipino, God. like all this. So I was imagining you as, and then I was like. Hmm. Wait a second. Are they blonde over there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't know. I'm a special breed. But yeah, you were like my number. People would be like, have you seen that Jessie girl? She's like obsessed with you. I'm like, I know. She's what? my friend. <laughs> when I, oh, and on Instagram. Because I would tag yeah, you on everything on Instagram. Yeah, I loved it. It gave me life. I mean, it gives me life. And like, oh, when yeah. I came out with No Sugar, No Problems, part one, and you oh, made literally I made every, every I made every recipe. recipe. Yeah. I made, I think, almost every recipe from that book. I'm trying. Yeah. I think I made every recipe at some point. I remember friendship. for Christmas because it came out like a bit before Christmas, mm-hmm. right? Like two years ago. Yeah. And I made in one day the lemon loaf, the brownies, mm-hmm. and there was one more thing I made. I can't remember. But yeah, I made three different things yeah. for our Christmas I think you dinner. Made a co- I think you made a cookie. Maybe. I Probably a cookie. Yeah. 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 It that was, was amazing. I love it. <laughs> but anyways, yeah. So that's how... <laughs> we guys if you ever see someone I wormed if you ever my see way someone in. and you like listen to their podcast <laughs> or you like their content or whatever like say hi to them like people love I mean I put a lot of hard work into my content you know and so when somebody tells me they, oh yeah they listen do. to it or they read it like that means a lot to me because sometimes I think people don't realize like it can feel like like especially with blog posts I like I put my most effort into my blog posts and sometimes I feel like does anyone even give a fuck yeah <laughs> like, is anyone reading this like yeah because you don't know yeah you, you like, really don't you know. get no response you get no feedback and it's like and then it's should like should I keep doing this or like am I wasting my time because I mean there are other things I could be doing you oh know? a thousand um, percent yeah yeah so if you don't get that feedback and I mean I think especially I mean my relationship with blogging and my instagram is oh, we'll topsy-turvy <laughs> oh my god <laughs> up you and are down an instagram star how has oh, that gone oh man god tell the people you're my inspiration what's happened on instagram well you started off trying to like do bloggy ish stuff and like instagram yeah. and then you, i was like, really bad at quit it instagram <laughs> And now you're just like an activist. Uh, I don't know what, don't like, know. you have a poppin' Instagram. I just, like, rant. Yeah. And I'm like, about I've always wanted a job where I can rant and complain mm-hmm. about things that piss me off or that I'm passionate about. Mm-hmm. And people are forced to listen. So it's just kind of an ideal situation. It'd be better if I actually made more money from it, but... <laughs> I mean, you make money from it. Yeah. You're a good example of people a lot of times ask me about like, they're like, well, how can I, I can't do beauty counter because I don't have a following. And I'm like, I have zero, like, I mean, I don't have zero following, but I have a really small following, but a huge, what do you call it? Like return. You have a huge beauty counter business. Jesse built a bigger business, like in like two months. (laughs) So it's a boom. Like, Nicole and I still are like, I don't know how the hell she did that. 
like like you are very (laughs) you know what i mean like you hustled i did so she's a good person to chat with if you need some beauty counter advice business Um, building advice yeah Yeah. but it was also interesting like another thing i copied from christine (laughs) (laughs) she copies everything i do i I adore it i do i'm like your minion (laughs) my 28 year old minion (laughs) i love it you're my mini me but older (laughs) no but like and swears more i also yeah well do you though I feel like I swear a shit ton. I feel like I swear a shit ton more than you. But it's fine. <laughs> I love swearing. It's comparable. I but it. what about, like, the, I think it's been really interesting talking to you about people in your life and their reactions to, like, your Instagram and your businesses, mm. with Beauty Counter, doTERRA, and, you know, how you, like, unfollowing people, like, social media how has that all been for you i'm just always trying to cause a scandal (laughs) (laughs) i've just always also had a tendency for like wanting to rebel against what other people like i don't know what it is like i've always just i guess but i feel like i'm i'm more of just like a shit like a pot stir. A I'm more of a shit <laughs> Like I don't necessarily believe a thousand percent what I'm saying, but yeah. I like to see people squirm and get up, worked up. You do, but then you also will feel bad. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, depending on are really upset with me, and I'm like, dude, you can't like. Yeah, well, and it's a constant learning process. I mean, and it's not to say those people are wrong or I'm right, you know, because I think there's like valid points to both, you know. at the end of the day it's just feelings that people are feeling Mm -hmm. and I can't really control how they're going to feel and they can't really control how they're going to feel and I can listen when I have the mental space Mm -hmm. (laughs) to do so I can't always take on other people's feelings and their burdens you know Mm -hmm. and like I, I think that's a really important boundary to establish with friends like whether or not you have the space to deal with their reaction to you saying something and mm-hmm. really gauging, okay, is that really what you thought I intended by saying that? Or is that just like kind of a feeling that you like sparked and you kind of ran off with, mm-hmm. you know, because it's, it's really like an ongoing balance. And if, if people ever feel like their privacy or their person, like they're being compromised, then that is something that I think like I need to kind of address or like care about because you know it's one thing to talk about me in my life and me to spew bullshit about myself but it's another if someone feels like they're kind of being you know like it's it's their it's their life and it's their privacy well, so people were getting upset with you one because you stopped following them yeah. <laughs> that caused a hilarious uproar <laughs> I was like I I unfollowed all my friends on Instagram mm-hmm. And I only wanted to follow accounts that were, um, like inspirational, educational, or basically hilarious memes. Or (laughs) (laughs) yours, I would say yours is educational and inspirational. Okay. Like I, I, I'm I'm hilarious memes. (laughs) (laughs) But you do post the overheard LA. So like, you know what I mean? Either like an account either has to teach me something. Yeah. 
inspire me like or inspirational i also like follow a lot of art accounts a lot of poets a lot of stuff like that and um, well it's about being at a different place in your life slash business like you started using social media wasn't just like to keep up with friends anymore it yeah. was like business slash personal development slash like yeah know, um and other people were like other people aren't at that place a lot of other people don't use instagram for their business it's their personal yeah you know, space and so they're like feeling like you unfollowing them is saying that you don't like them anymore when that wasn't the case at all yeah like a few of my friends thought well like don't you want to know what's going on in my life like it makes it hurts my feelings if you don't want to know what's going on in my life and i felt quite the opposite i felt like because i wasn't following them on instagram i didn't feel like you know, a lot of people, th even the reaction you and I probably get, people see what you post on Instagram and think that's your entire life. Yeah, they don't and it know couldn't, anything. it yeah. literally could not be further from the truth. Mm -hmm. And so when I stopped following my friends on Instagram, I felt like a, I way more strongly connected to them mm -hmm. in in real time, mm -hmm. you know, like if, if I wanted to know what they were up to, I was calling them, I was texting them, I was sending photos directly mm -hmm. or seeing them in person. Mm -hmm. And on Instagram, it's so easy to kind of get lazy and just think that, you know, your friend's life because they're posting a photo of their fucking cappuccino or whatever yeah. the fuck. <laughs> well, that's why and everybody so, gets jealous of each other. Yeah. Because they think they know people's lives and all they're seeing are, are the highlights when that's literally not what anyone's life is like. Oh, you know? totally. Like, I could post a photo of this tea and the fire, and you'd think, oh, my God, like, how relaxed. I mean, right now I'm very relaxed, but, like, you don't know if I'm, like, posting that while crying or if I just had the shittiest day ever or mm -hmm. if I'm going through some personal shit or, like, mm -hmm. some business shit or some something big in my personal life. Like, mm -hmm. you know, and I, I just... I, I felt like I really needed to compartmentalize my life a little bit more. And yeah. also following that many people was so overwhelming for me. Like even having the possibility of getting lost in like stories or the feed. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's too much. Like you already go on the internet and it's, it's limitless. It's limitless information. There's no end to it. You can just go down. It's like, the YouTube K-hole or the Instagram K-hole. Mm. Like you can get into Instagram and spend, you could spend the rest of your life on Instagram and never see everything that's on it. You could literally. Died on Instagram. <laughs> died on Instagram. Born here, died here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Tombstone. Shit. It would be your bio. Your yeah. tombstone's your bio. <laughs> oh God. So no, it's true. It's just, it's just way too, it's just way too much information. And I think I got a lot of kickback and even people messaged me saying, well, you're following this person. Why aren't you following me? What did I do? Are you mad at me? And it's, you know, but, but I get it. Like, that's the kind of world we live in. People don't really think about what you're going through. They think more of themselves. And that's just how we are as pers as, as people, as humans. That's how our species is. Like, it's very like, not narcissistic, but it's like self-centered a well, little yeah, bit. Yeah, I mean, so, we are the star of our own lives, right? Yeah. Everybody so, else is just... Yeah, and I was like, I didn't make supporting. that decision because of you mm -hmm. or anyone else. I made that decision because of what I need. Mm -hmm. So that I think a lot of people, because 
I'm very kind of like casual in the way I talk to people and I'm so open and friendly that people kind of think like we're (laughs) not that they think we're friends and we're not friends. I don't mean that, but people kind of, I don't know. I think they feel like a little bit of entitlement Mm -hmm. to my time and my energy. And, um, I think a lot of people can probably relate to that too. Yeah. Not really knowing how to create boundaries. And then this, this was a boundary I really needed to create. And I feel so much better about like, I, I have no, I just continue to follow less and less and less people. And Mm -hmm. it helps me stay a lot more focused on what I'm trying to do. Because especially with, beauty counter when I was doing nutrition even with doTERRA Mm -hmm. I really thought I needed to watch all these people to emulate them Mm -hmm. and it had the opposite effect I was just comparing myself I was thinking I need to do exactly what they're doing in order to be successful it was stressing me out and once I just got in my own lane and I used all everything I follow is kind of outside of that Mm -hmm. it's purely inspirational and I think when you get out like in order to get out of your you think you have to do a specific thing Mm -hmm. and once you're out of that it actually gives you the creative freedom to do what you need to do Mm -hmm. but when you're constantly trying to copy other people and emulate other people it's it's, it's way too tiring. Yeah, it is. You're so in your own head and you can't be, it, people don't realize it blunts your creative expression. I yeah. feel like the more, the less time I'm looking at anyone else's content, the better mine is. Yeah, exactly. A you thousand know? percent. Otherwise everything ends up being exactly the same. Yeah. I also, I think just like watching you go through the whole process the last two years has been really interesting. And I think another thing for me was like, I remember when, you know, we were first getting to know each other and I was trying to kind of explain some of my stresses about just being overwhelmed by people and messages and emotions. And then you at a certain point were like, I get it now. You're like, yeah. I can't. You're like, I never used to understand why you couldn't handle your phone, like texting. like, yeah. And now you're like, and you're like, now I get it. Like, I can't keep up with like people's messages like I'm just getting messages all day yeah it's tiring and like you know it goes we talk about we talk about this all how like you and I will text each other like you know if I get her I'll text you and it's like I don't expect a response from you like I mean if it's within a week cool right <laughs> but we don't think I was in 24 hours yeah, like, like, <laughs> but, you know, but yeah. like you know if know, I'm we'll, on top of like, it if we box or it's like I yeah. don't know. As as it'll be yeah, week. it'll be like, like a week. And it'll because and we'll be like, we need I need time to like generate a proper response. Yeah, but also I'm not like worried about it in between because we both have so much else going on. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like versus it's really hard when other people aren't in a similar business and they don't understand. It's like because a lot of other people, it's like maybe they're texting one or two people a day. Yeah. Right? Versus like you look at our phones and there's like Fifty-five messages, and you're like, I can only handle one right now. Like, I can get through ten, yeah. and then ten more come in. Yeah, exactly. And it's and especially when you add Instagram to that, mm-hmm. it's like, I'll do a story, and ten people will respond, like, "Cool, wait, what's that? Yeah. What's your website? Hey, this is what I'm dealing with," and blah blah blah. blah. Instead of emailing me, instead of like messaging, it's. And so people don't understand, like, I need to make sure that this is, like, purely a professional, like, Mm -hmm. specific 
outlet. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I'm I'm going to be dealing with messages like I'm not going to have a life. Mm-hmm. And then people will get offended if I don't respond or if I don't have a super thoughtful response or if I don't really engage, like if it's kind of quick and one off mm-hmm. because I I don't want to spend my entire day kind of doing that. And I think it's hard because there are people who do do that and can do that and don't have boundaries. And that was definitely me at first, you know, but I think it's, that's why I think it's important. And I think there's always going to be that bit of pushback when you make a change and you start creating those boundaries. And it's Mm -hmm. just a part of the learning process because ultimately like we're responsible for the way that people treat us. Mm -hmm. People can only treat you the way that you want to be treated kind of like you're the one who has to set the precedent you know and establish those boundaries no one else is going to do it for you and so I think that it's it's always kind of like an act what is it called like a dance like a tango Mm -hmm. like you're kind of like you take missteps you figure out what you did wrong and like you kind of like adapt and change yeah but I felt like you were super overwhelmed at first but very quickly Uh, very quickly you set like excellent boundaries with your phone and I remember being like I need to do what you're doing like really oh my gosh (laughs) yeah because it was like you you know it's like you wouldn't use your phone in the morning you would turn off at night and then during the day it's like you only get to who you get to and like yeah whatever yeah you know Um, and the people who are worthwhile talking to talk to are going to respect that Mm -hmm. and I mean it would it would be hard because I think my friends weren't used to that for me especially or maybe not just my friends but a lot of people weren't used to that and they even even still now like if I'll be on Instagram and I'm posting things on Instagram and I don't respond to someone's text they'll send me three more texts hello hello I see you on Instagram but you're not responding and I'm like it's not that I'm ignoring you purposely, especially because yeah. I have my read receipts on yeah. as like an additional <laughs> level of like accountability. Yeah. People, people will see that and think that I'm just like That's totally like, available. And yeah. it's not really, if you, if you don't, if you're not used to that as like a form of work, you wouldn't really understand that. Mm-hmm. So I don't really take it. I used to take it kind of personally when people mm-hmm. would get mad. And now it's like, I don't really take it personally because they're not really used to that world. And I know that they're not intending to do that, but just by me reacting the right way is what's going to teach them kind of. Yeah. So it's an interesting. I, that's definitely something that annoys me when it's like, I'll post the stories and like, I haven't responded to my text for the day, right? And somebody will double text, triple text. Like, I saw you post the stories. I know you have your phone. Yeah. Well, guess what? I don't like, it's not like when I'm on my phone, I'm using all my apps at once and checking everything. It's like, if I see I have like 43 text messages, I'll be like, I'll look at those all tonight when I can do this. But like posting Instagram is part of my job. So like I have straight Instagram time and I have time specifically to for checking texts and yeah. I have time specifically for emails. It's not like, Oh, I'm on technology. I'm doing it all at once and answering everything. Like I just can't get to like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's separate times and people who don't use it for business, I think don't understand. Cause you know, people who don't, that's not part of their business. It's just like, Oh, I'm on my phone. Oh, I'll, I'm checking my IG. I'm checking Facebook. I'm checking texts all at the same time. And yeah. it doesn't take, doesn't take much time yeah or like if if your boyfriend's not responding to you and he's posting on instagram then like like, okay yeah yeah, like i get it but trust me like just because i'm posting and it doesn't you don't see me in an office or whatever it is 
doesn't mean that I'm not working. And so I think people, I mean, I think people are becoming a lot more privy to it now because the whole like every industry is sort of changing and so many more people can work from home now, even if they do work an office job, technically Mm -hmm. like a corporate job. Mm -hmm. So I feel like people are becoming a little bit more aware to it, but yeah. Well, for me, I, a lot with my phone now, it's like, I turn it off so I can't even look at, I don't see, I can't get text messages, but I can post to Instagram because I know whenever I have to go to my phone, because there's some stuff for business I have to post to Instagram, but if I see the text, like, yeah, once I, if I open it just to look at one, I'm in, I'm in deep, you know, yeah. and I can't waste, like, because it'll sometimes take me an hour to answer my text messages, yeah totally you know and so i'm like oh i i don't have time like i have to write this right now i can't get into messages so yeah that's why i'm like it's i i can only post to ig right now i can't even look at my messages yeah. you know so stuff like that but you know something um while we're on the topic of <laughs> instagram um it's a big you, one you get you like to give your rants about <laughs> like i mean shit. i don't even know what it is <laughs> i went on a rant today about the oscars that oh was my god what were you saying i was complaining about the oscars because i think the oscars i mean i have very little hope left in hollywood right now just in how fairly they judge mm-hmm. what films and what i mean have actors they ever and directors judged any of it uh, <laughs> not for a damn long time but everyone Okay, that's going to be it for part one of this two-part series with my friend Jesse Coleman. The rest of the conversation, it gets juicier. It gets real juicy, guys. will come on Thursday. So just stay tuned for that. In the meantime, if you want to connect with Jesse, you can go to Instagram and look her up. Her handle is Jesse Eleanor. J-E-S-S-I-E-E-L-I-N-O-R. In the meantime, stay tuned for part two. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a rating and review on iTunes. And make sure you're in our Facebook group, Wellness Realness Podcast Tribe, where you can talk to other listeners and get to know like-minded people. So I hope you are having a great day so far and hope you continue to have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening in and I'll talk to you again next time. Bye.